Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton. I'm Haley Wooden. Over the next two weeks, Business in Vancouver will be speaking to Vancouver's 10 mayoral candidates about their platforms and why they're running. We're doing this in the lead up to our Glacier Media All Candidates debate on Monday, September 17th. The event is sold out, but it will be live streamed at BIV.com. And you can go find more information all about the debate over at BIV.com slash events. And we have two other events we also want to draw your attention to. It's our BIV tech panel on September 13th, as well as our Cannabis Investors Forum on September 26th. This episode, we're speaking to Vancouver mayoral candidate David Chen. You're listening to BIV Today. Fleischmann Hillard High Road and Mustel Group, along with the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade, have worked together to release a handbook for municipal election candidates. It's based on a survey that polled Greater Vancouver residents, businesses, and politicians about a variety of election issues. It provides a great primer on the table stakes in this year's municipal election happening October 20th. And with me in studio today are two people who know the report inside out. We have Anna Lilly, Senior Vice President and Partner at Fleischmann Hillard High Road. Thanks for joining me. And Evie Mustel, owner and president of Mustel Group. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Good to be here. It's very interesting that you look at these three different groups and throughout the report, it sort of tracks how they're similar in certain views and how they're different. And I'm curious, Anna, why don't we start with you? What was the purpose of a survey like this? Well, uh, it started over lunch a few months ago. Evie and I had a bit of a brainchild around what if, you know, as part of educating the public and, you know, creating awareness of and hopefully more participation in the civic election. What if we could survey the public and the business community and the candidates running in the election on the same questions and see how they compare in terms of how they would prioritize issues uh, and possible solutions uh, to those issues? And so we were quite excited to get going and, you know, wondered, would we get the kind of response that we would hope to get, particularly from the politicians who might be a little shy in participating in something like this? But actually, we had a fantastic result. Um, we've got over 500 Metro Vancouverites surveyed, uh, almost 200 businesses, and 93, uh, both current and potential city councillors and mayors who took part in our survey. And, uh, you know, I think as we head into this election season, uh, we're pleased that we're able to sort of put out something that sort of creates a framework, a baseline of what are those key issues going to be that are really going to shape this civic election, which is only now about six weeks away. Yeah, it's coming up really quickly. So Evie, what is this election about? The key issue is affordability, and there could be a, there could have been a number of issues that uh, came on the radar, but the number one issue is affordability and quality of life um, in Metro Vancouver and the prospects for the future. There's a lot of anxiety out there, the direction um, that most municipalities are going, more so in the city of Vancouver, Burnaby, uh, and the North Shore. But there's uh, there's concern about housing affordability in all pockets of Metro Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a very pressing issue for some time now. Do the different groups surveyed respond differently in terms of how they think affordability has changed over the last number of years? Politicians are a little bit more optimistic, which they they should be, <laughs> because we're <laughs> certainly looking to them to come up with some solutions. Um, so 
the solutions that they are thinking of are maybe not in line with what the public would like to see. Um, they're certainly indicating increasing density, going, putting density in places that uh, where we haven't had originally. Uh, whereas the public is, is, while they're concerned about affordability, they're also very concerned about overdevelopment, uh, loss of ALR land in some in some municipalities. So. The, the solutions to uh, the affordability issue is is what is going to be a challenge for uh, politicians to make sure the public is on board. And then have we moved beyond too much housing versus not enough housing? Is it more nuanced sort of in the results and what you're hearing from different residents? I think people are uh, generally quite uh, anxious about what the future holds very concerned that quality of life and affordability has really eroded significantly over the past five years. And as Evie said, you know, the public in particular is very pessimistic going forward. Um, In terms of, you know, what is the solution around housing affordability, particularly, because that, uh, you know, cost of living covers a lot of ground, Mm -hmm. right? But housing in particular is, is a real pain point. And that's no surprise. I think that uh, where the tension exists is we have politicians saying we're prepared to continue to focus uh, to some extent on the supply of housing, getting more housing, different types of housing, being a little more bold in densifying, even in neighborhoods that haven't seen anything but single family homes before. Uh, whereas the public is suggesting through the results of this survey, well, wait a minute, we are not necessarily keeping pace uh, with other aspects of our community planning. So for instance, we asked, if you look at whether your city council over the last four years has been striking the right balance between building or permitting new housing and making sure that our roads and transit system can handle all that population growth and densification, uh, it was pretty clear that the public uh, feels no, that balance hasn't been struck. And actually, perhaps too much housing has been permitted. Whereas politicians tend to feel, no, either we're striking the right balance or we're not doing enough. And new candidates in particular, those who haven't held office before, are saying we're prepared to get more adventuresome with what we're doing around housing policies, do things a little different, be more bold. And even though they know that the public is anxious about this, even though they're 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 acknowledging to us in the survey because we asked them, what do you think the public feels about this? Well, they probably think that there's a bit of overdevelopment going on. So it'll be very interesting to see as the campaign really picks up steam, as candidates come out with more specifics around their housing policies and where and how they would permit new density, what's the pushback potentially going to be? And will we see some of them soften their stance? Will we see some of the candidates who are currently being very bold in, in talking about housing pull back a little bit? That's what I'm really going to be watching for. Mm-hmm. And Evie, what did you hear specifically from businesses as it relates to affordability and some of the challenges that's created for them? Well, we found um, over a third of businesses are actually considering relocating um, wow. to outside of Metro Vancouver uh, because of issues with affordability and attracting and retaining employees. Uh, even a higher percentage of large businesses, 50-plus employees. So these aren't just small businesses that are going to set up shop somewhere else. We're talking about some major moves here. Uh, Three-quarters say that they are being affected um, by affordability, by the cost of housing in terms of attracting and retaining. So it's a significant issue for businesses. It was the number one issue among businesses as well. You would think it could be things like taxes, which they're not particularly happy about, or um, you know the economic climate. But housing affordability was the number one issue for businesses as well. 
And they're also concerned about transportation too. What are some of their priorities there? Yes. Yeah. Transportation was the number two issue among businesses like the residents because the two are very much correlated. Um, so yeah, then they they face the equal challenge of goods movement. So it's not just about getting to and from work, but they have issues with goods movement. What do you think this means for a region, Anna, where a lot of mayors are choosing not to rerun? There could be significant implications sort of at the mayor's council and Metro Vancouver level in terms of having new candidates come in. They might have different priorities regionally. What are some of the trends you're noting around some of these big issues and, and what it means that we might have a lot of new players in different municipalities. Yeah, it's certainly um, without doubt going to be one of the most interesting civic elections we've seen in this region, possibly in decades, due to that changing of the guard that's going to happen. Uh, over half of Metro Vancouver mayors are retiring, and even a few incumbents haven't necessarily declared whether they're going to run again. So without a doubt, there will be a period of time following the election where there will be Certainly a transition period. Um, I think there's uh, going to be organizations like TransLink that'll be affected by having, uh, you know, a whole new crop of folks around the table at the Mayor's Council. And then, of course, the Metro Vancouver Board will change in composition no matter what. As to whether the new candidates coming in represent any fundamentally different approach or style or priorities around how they would govern... It's hard to say, although I think our survey picked up a few hints. Uh, I mentioned one already, which is, uh, you know, not surprisingly, newer candidates perhaps being willing to be a little more bold and creative in what they're proposing around housing solutions, for instance. Um, but I think, uh, you know, what we were picking up was some real similarities across other issues between new candidates versus incumbents mm. on issues like uh, regional coordination, um, policing and public safety, across the board, uh, recognition that transportation investment and continuing to invest in our public transit system in particular is going to have to continue to be a real focus regionally. And that's that's a piece where regional coordination is is incredibly important. Then I think, you know, you, you see uh, that in each individual municipality, there are very different dynamics going on. And, you know, both from the public uh, priorities standpoint and the candidate priorities, you see real diversity in, for instance, the city of Vancouver, where, you know, housing is just, you know, the number one issue by such a large margin. Uh, I think that is, you know, going to be the central issue. You go to Surrey and to some extent Langley, and crime tops the list. Mm. And, you know, housing is there too. Transportation is a pain point. But the public, businesses and candidates in that part of the region, I think that's going to be one of those issues that that they talk a lot about. Uh, and, and it varies across the region because we are a fairly diverse region. Um, uh, one thing that we talked about at our event yesterday where we presented the research was uh, the whole issue of uh, amalgamation you know, and and uh, interesting to see that uh, there's there's some appetite actually among politicians to start talking about how do we actually as a region better coordinate services and, and work on issues together and potentially even have, you know, start to have a more serious conversation about possibly blending or amalgamating some of our local governments. So it'll be interesting to see if that perhaps comes up in a bigger way in areas like the North Shore uh, or the Tri-Cities. 
um, that that's uh, another one I'm watching for too. Is there anything to indicate what Vancouver residents and businesses think about amalgamation, of course, being uh, the biggest city? Do they think differently than, say, some of the smaller communities you mentioned? We'll have to get back to you on that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think one thing to point out, though, is is there's a much greater appetite among the public than there are among politicians. Mm. Um, I see politicians are still being a little territorial, um, whereas the public shows much more openness and willingness to consider like a regional police yeah. task force. Not task force, a regional police force, mm-hmm. actually. Um, amalgamation of some, some to some degree, uh, an economic development agency, a regional economic development agency, which we don't have right now. There's much more appetite among the public than there is among the politicians. So that's another uh, sort of uh, stress point there. That's really interesting. What do you think's driving that? Is it that as a region, the issues have changed and they're more regional in focus? Is it because people are upset with municipal governments? So what's sort of at the heart of this drive toward greater cooperation, do you think? I think people are are recognizing that having a more, these are regional issues. They're not municipal issues. They are regional issues. And um, collectively, we could address it much better than we can each individual municipality trying to do something about it. For example, the opioid crisis, that was one of, ranked as one of the low priorities that they felt their municipality should be working on. And not that it's not a, a major issue, but it's just, I think people are realizing that they as a municipality can only have so much impact on a much much, uh, uh, you know, greater serious issues. So I think they see that there's much more of a role for a regional approach to some of these issues, whereas the politicians are used to just dealing within their own municipality and a little bit more resistant to that kind of uh, cooperation. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting point. I want to pick up on that. What are the attitudes of residents, businesses and politicians toward the power individual municipalities have? Because that is something that's looked at, especially when you have an individual city trying to deal with something like affordable housing? What does the research show? Well, you know, we ask specifically all three groups, the public businesses and politicians, what kind of influence do local governments have uh, on key issues like quality of life and affordability? And the public tends to put, I think, a lot more stock in the power of local government to really directly address issues, whereas politicians are more likely to say, well, yes, we have influence, but really the provincial and federal governments have more of an impact than we would as city councils on affordability specifically. But there's no doubt uh, that there's agreement across the board, I think, that on issues of fundamental quality of life, uh, the public understands that their local government has huge impact on that. Because that's things like, you know, how your day-to-day life in your neighborhood, making sure that, you know, our streets are clean and re- in good repair. We have access to parks and, and recreational facilities. And all those important sort of core city services that make for a pleasant sort of day-to-day lifestyle and, and some of that quality of life that that Metro Vancouver has been famous for for so long. And so there's a real appreciation, I think, uh, among the public uh, for that. Uh, but I think there's uh, definitely expectations, and we're seeing that through our survey, that voters want to continue to see local governments tackling some of those bigger issues as well, without losing sight of their responsibilities on some of those fundamentals like garbage pickup and fix that pothole in my street (laughs) and all those other important things. Yeah, the things we don't really notice that we have and enjoy until they break or they're not working, right? right? The things we rely on. 
And Anna, I think you pointed out yesterday too that historically municipalities weren't involved in the housing market. That was much more provincial and federal responsibility, but the public expects them to be involved Mm now. Uh, The politicians don't feel they have as much impact as the public feels they do, but they're going to have to really step into that game because that has become, I think, part of their core services now. Mm -hmm. One of the stats that really spoke to me was that 60% of businesses feel that local governments are on the wrong track. Why is that? Well, taxes is certainly an issue with businesses. They they don't feel they're receiving good value for the money they pay. Um, I think it's even more frustrating for businesses because they can't vote on anything either, yet they're paying, uh, you know, as in the city of Vancouver, six times the rate of, of uh, a residence. So mm. their tax bills are quite enormous. And as we see, a number of small businesses are even starting to close down now because of their exorbitant tax rates because their land value has gone up so much. So, so that is a real sore point for uh, businesses. And that's probably where a lot of that dissatisfaction coming from. In the the couple of minutes we have left, left, I'll put this to both of you, Evie, starting with you. What next? This report's out there and there's so much to comb through. What do you think happens next? What do you think, what do you hope happens next? Well, we hope this report really stimulates the discussion um, among among the public, I mean, to really get involved in the election. I think this election is, is a little bit different because there isn't the campaign financing that's been available in the past to really uh, uh, put a lot of media information out there. Um, so that's what we're hoping, that this will at least uh, get some you know people involved in the issues um, for the politicians as well. They don't have the budgets to be able to do their own polling to really get a sense of what the broader community thinks. So we're hoping that we've done them a service here too to show them here because we, we have provided the results by region as well so they can really zero in on what's uh, what's of importance so we're just hoping that it just creates a more kind of dynamic campaign than might otherwise be Mm -hmm. and anna yeah we're planning to continue doing some communication around the survey Uh, we're inviting feedback Uh, we're very interested in uh, folks who have a point of view to contact us and if they want to take a stab at uh, evaluating and, and assessing and having a comment on some of our survey results um, you know, we'd love to hear from them uh, because we've set up a website. We invite everybody to come to votelocalbc.ca, and we'll be publishing some blog posts and guest blog posts over the coming weeks. Another big thing on the calendar, which is really relevant to municipal politics, is the UBCM convention. That's the Union of BC Municipalities uh, meeting next week in Whistler, uh, and we'll be there reporting from uh, that conference and uh, talking with folks and getting some uh, feedback on the research that we've done. That's a province-wide conference, whereas, of course, our survey focuses on Metro Vancouver. Um, But just, you know, as as I think we mentioned at the beginning, the big emphasis for us here in in doing this research uh, and putting it out there is really to drive awareness and participation in the election. Uh, And uh, I think we're at a bit of a disadvantage regionally and and provincially uh, this time around because candidates are are constrained in terms of their spending and fundraising to be able to reach uh, citizens and let them know that an election's happening. So I think the more that those of us who care about civic issues and can help, uh, you know, raise these issues and have the conversation, the more we can be doing uh, to educate and and talk about this. Uh, Hopefully that will drive uh, bigger numbers at the ballot box on October 20th. Great. Anna, Evie, thank you both for joining me. Thank you. It was a pleasure. That's Evie Mustel, owner of Mustel Group, and Anna Lilly, Senior Vice President and Partner at Fleischmann Hillard High Road. 